My guest today is Nick Robinson. He's here to talk about his review of Inside. My name is Justin McElroy. I didn't mean to just yell. You're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Kind of hear the music in my head now. Yeah, but you can't actually hear the music. It's just no. imaginary, and it's coming through. Hi, Nick. Hey, how's it going? You know, it's going pretty well. Uh, this one kind of came out of nowhere, huh? Inside. Yeah, Mamma Mia. It's one of those one of those weird cases where we got code for a game, and I was like, "Wait a minute, is this that thing that we saw a trailer for like two E3s ago that we haven't seen head or tail of since then?" And then it. It just shows up in your inbox and then completely blindsides you with with how great it is, at least in my experience. Uh, and you know what? It's funny because this is really the sort of game. This is the if, if you're unfamiliar, this is the follow up to Limbo, sort mm-hmm. of a 2D side scroller puzzle, 2.5D action adventure RPG, open world MMO. Right. I got it got away from me, but the first <laughs> half of that you started out pretty much correct, though, which is pretty that much it's good at the beginning. Like Limbo, I mean, I guess if you haven't played Limbo, it, this is an, a side scrolling like you walk from left to right, pretty linear, uh, very, very polished, moody, atmospheric, uh, like puzzle platformer. Kind of like it, it kind of hues pretty closely to, I think, that uh, that late 2000s stereotype of what an indie game was where it's like a a platform it's got like it's not retro graphics or anything but i remember when that there was that span of a couple years where limbo came out and braid came out and and people started to kind of like oh is this what indie games are because we don't really know what indie games are yet yeah um and this now everyone just agreed they mean roguelike yes that's what it is in, in 2016 this is a throwback it's a retro game to what indie games were like in 2009 um no but it's 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 funny because i feel like on paper uh it's like if you just look at just a very step back objectively, just the facts, what is the gameplay of inside? Uh, I, I don't think it actually sounds that impressive when you hear about it. I think seeing it in motion and playing it for yourself is is really uh, what you need to do to kind of fully grasp what's special about inside. To me, the fascinating thing about it is that it the the key sensation for me of inside and like the feeling, which is how I tend to think about games the longer I do this is like, what is the key like emotion or feeling that I get from this game that I can't get anywhere else or that's worth like showing up for? And the one in inside it, that 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 really gets me is the that sensation of like that like aha moment you get whenever you have to do something with like lateral thinking. Yes. Which is interesting because like I don't really count it if you go in knowing you have to do that, right? It's sort of slowly unfurls the way that your brain needs to operate. There's mm-hmm. so many moments in inside. I'm hoping you can maybe dredge up one or two where I thought I was stumped. And then I just sort of like relaxed my brain a little bit and let it investigate a few other possibilities and uh, managed to to come across the right thing. Yeah. It's some, that's one of the things that this game is really, really great at. I think is like striking that, that sweet spot where, I don't I, with with maybe one exception. I don't think there are any puzzles in the game that are either too hard for you to get on your own or so easy that you get them immediately. Like excluding the first thirty minutes, where it's just kind of teaching you the controls nonverbally. Right. Like I think the the puzzles themselves are are actually really really well balanced and really uh, clear. Like it's it's pretty obvious what elements are and are not involved in each puzzle. Um, 
but yeah, just it, it's really you can't really brute force your way through them. And conversely, there aren't a lot of situations where you try something that you think should work and it doesn't. Like if something doesn't work, it clearly doesn't work. And they're they're really good at communicating when you're on the right track and and not on the right track. Um, there are some puzzles like like the puzzle that comes to mind for me when it comes to that sort of lateral thinking you're describing <clears throat> is there's one I'm trying to think of how to describe it in as general way as possible, but um, I'm trying to there's one where I was trying to reach a really high area in a situation where let's say gravity and physics were not behaving the way they would in your normal day-to-day life and uh as a result i i i really had to think like okay when the the water level in this room falls below a certain point this door shuts but it's open when it's above this point but i need to reach up to where the water it's it's really hard to describe and that's something that i I actually struggled with a little bit because this was my first review my first written review for for polygon um and (laughs) I, one thing that I kind of kept running into was like, this is one of those games, like like so many really uh, great short game experiences. This is one of those games that I think you want to go into p- with a pretty blank slate. Like the the less you know, both about the puzzles and the, the setting, the environment, the better. And so I kind of uh, went to great lengths in my review to not uh, show any puzzle solutions in the video coverage I did, uh, describe the exact nature of the world or the ending. Um, I... I that's something that kind of kept coming up for me is like, how do I talk about what makes this game great without just telling people what makes it great? Yeah. It was so weird going in without knowing much. Uh, I kept having this thought of, uh, so wait, is this the game? <laughs> right. Okay. So wait, is this what it is? Like, is this the thing that I'm doing? Because I mean, just to, uh, so we can avoid spoilers, but like, let's talk about the first two minutes. Yes. Just to like lock it in the very, the uh, describe the first two minutes of, of inside. The, the first two minutes of Inside uh, put you in the shoes of a small boy kind of running through a wooded area, uh, which if for anyone who played Limbo, it immediately evokes Limbo. And Justin, I had the exact same feeling you're describing of like, oh, they did they just make Limbo again? Is that really what they did? Um, and it really quickly, I think, comes to light that no, that is not what they did. But um, the opening moments of it kind of see you running through a dark forest, uh, hiding from some antagonist kind of, it, it's really clear that you are sneaking and you don't want to really be seen by these people. Um, and it, it's, it's, there actually aren't a ton of puzzles in the tr- traditional sense for the first half hour. It's a lot of like, Oh, I got to tip over this thing so I can climb over this ledge or drag this crate or just hide. A lot of it is just hiding and, and timing based stuff. Um, but yeah, you're, you're a boy in the woods hiding from some suspicious looking people with flashlights. And and that's about all, you know, going in and, I, and Justin, yeah, like this game changes what it is and what you're doing and the, the verbs and nouns that you're, you're interacting with so regularly throughout it, that it, it almost reminded me, this is something I was talking to, to rush for about. Uh, I, I didn't put this in the review cause I couldn't figure out a way to say it without sounding like an idiot, but one of this game's closest, uh, relatives I think is actually that I've played in the past like couple of years is Uncharted 4 and what I mean by that is it like there are so many bespoke sequences in inside where you see like an asset or an encounter that is that you never see ever again like the, just an asset that shows up and then gets discarded after five minutes of, of use that is like really perfectly timed and engineered like because they know exactly what you're going to be doing and where you're going to be running they're able to really form these experiences around you that are extremely tense and involve really specific items that they're not afraid to just throw away after one use. Um, and that, that's one of the things I love most about the game is that like it, it never felt boring or redundant because they're constantly just like they, they milk each puzzle type and each item 
for exactly as long as it's interesting and then throw it away for something new. There's always something new to see in the, in every area you proceed to. Yeah. It's a, it's a really exciting. And, and uh, the other thing that's interesting about the uncharted comparison is that you also get a real sense of momentum sometimes, mm-hmm. which is because everything chains together because it's like you said, it's designed specifically for the exact thing you need to do to get past it. So if you get your in into a groove, it feels very fluid. Yes. Um, uh, and it and it's also funny because breaking that momentum, much like in Limbo, is super jarring, uh, especially in the sense that you're seeing a little boy uh, die. Yes. Very badly. Yep. Uh, was that troubling to you in Limbo? And did you find it troubling here? Uh, so I think in Limbo, uh, I don't know if everyone felt this way, but in Limbo, I felt like there was something a little darkly comic about it. Like they, they frequently played, even though the violence was pretty gruesome in that game, that whole game was silhouettes. You were this kind of big headed, silly looking silhouette boy. And even though it was pretty gruesome, it was like, there were a lot of deaths in limbo that kind of hit you out of nowhere that you could not have seen coming. You're just walking down a hall and oops, you step on a pressure plate and the boy just gets completely smashed or falls into a pit of spikes or something. Um, and the deaths in inside are, I think less funny than they were in Limbo. Like it, it's pretty gruesome in some spots and it's, it's never really leering. Like it's not like zooming in and emphasizing the gore of it. It's this very like stark kind of uh, like objective, like, Oh yep, you got caught by like a pack of dogs and they just tore you apart. And like kind of, there's a moment where I, I think you see like, if you get caught by this pack of dogs, they'll like kind of clearly snap the boy's neck, which is really hard to watch. But you're watching it from this really far back camera angle and there's not like a lot of blood or gore. So it's this really weird contrast of like super, super horrifying, violent acts um, at such a distance that it it's not like particularly gory. It's really just evoking the feel. Like I think that, honestly in those moments, the sound design is scarier than the visuals. Um but yeah, like I, I think that they, they don't play the deaths for laughs here. They're still in it and they're still uh, weirdly varied, but they are not as funny as they were in Limbo. If they were funny at all. It's like blackly comic if it's funny at all in this game. Uh, Nick, I want to hear more about uh, Inside. We have a lot of listener questions, but first we'll take a quick break to talk to you about Casper. Casper is, uh, uh, I, I bet you've probably heard of Casper before, but I, I want to reinforce uh, Nick, this isn't really a back and forth. I'm going to talk to you about Casper and you're going to listen. Okay. okay fine. So take a seat and get comfy because it's time to hear about Casper. Let, all me, right? let me know. Okay. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission driven inflated prices. Uh, I have a Casper in my guest room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a queen size Casper. And my guests have zero complaints. They say, oh, I slept great. What a great night's sleep. I really enjoyed myself. Uh, Thank you for letting me sleep on your mattress. And what they don't know, and I don't tell them unless they need a mattress themselves, is that mattresses can often cost over $1,500, but Casper mattresses cost $500 for a twin size, $750 for full, $850 for queen, and $950 for king. That is baffling. If you've bought a mattress in the last five years you know that is absolutely is absolute nonsense it's a racket out there it's a racket out there but not in here and if if by in here i mean my guest room where my casper is and also Uh, where you record all your podcasts they send it to you in a big box it's Mm -hmm. so fun 
because it's like a big box. You just it open with this flooper that comes with it, and it just like expands. Tell me and more about the flooper that comes with it. It's like a. It's like if Dracula were flat, this is what you'd use to cut him in half. You know what I mean? It's like super sharp. Lets you cut the mattress open, and it just all over the room. And uh, and it's amazing. You sleep on it. It it feels great. Uh, and it, here's the great part. There's no risk. You can try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. It's made in America, and there's free shipping returns to the U.S. and Canada. So I know what you're thinking. Justin, I have to try it. Oh, Justin, I can't pay the full price. You know you're not going to pay the full price. You're rotten with the king. Uh, which is what I call the ad segment of quality control. Now you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase. If you go to casper.com slash control and use offer code control terms and conditions apply. Just this is, this is not a joke. Um, my, my girlfriend's like best friend of a very long time just moved to New York and she inherited her Casper. And so I got to test that out for the first time this weekend. And this isn't this is no baloney. This is no this is no BS. That is a very good bed. It's a very good bed. It's a cozy bed. I got a lot of questions from listeners, and I'm gonna just start peppering you with them. This first one's from True Ghoul. Jump scares? Any troubling slash triggering content to look out for? Like for me, spider monsters can be a deal breaker. Ooh, so that's a that's a good question. I would say, hmm. Okay. If you if you got through well, Limbo did have that big spider in it. Uh, the, I'll, I'll, first of all, I'll say this: no spiders to speak of in this game, and and I would say far fewer jump scares than in Limbo. Like Limbo had moments that were deliberately and intentionally startling, and really in all of Inside, I can only think of one moment where um, where something happens on screen that's like a little unexpected and and a little. Like not I would not call it a jump scare by video game standards because it's actually really quiet. It's just a visual thing that you don't expect. Um, And I've actually when I say my review, like I've seen the game played through like four different times. Two of those times were me. One was my roommate. One was my other roommate. Oh, I guess maybe maybe it is four times because I know I played through like one and a half. Watch my girlfriend play through the whole thing. Watch both my roommates play through the whole thing. Uh, My girlfriend and my roommate at this scene I'm describing were just like, what the hell was that? And then my third roommate just did not react at all. So it's kind of like it depends on your personality, I think, whether or not this scene is affects you. Um, But no, I would say like compared to Limbo, this is a much quieter. The the creepiness of inside is like it's much more atmospheric and environmental. And it's like it's more unsettling imagery and unsettling implications and not like not monster closets jumping out to spook you. There's very little of that. Um, uh, Zach rich wants to know, do you keep discovering new aspects about the game in subsequent playthroughs? Is there a deeper meaning hidden? It's a good question. I, so I, there are definitely like, I played through the game myself and then I watch the people around me play through it. It's one of those games just like limbo where, um, like to me, the joy of Limbo was not just playing through it myself, but giving it to friends and family, many of whom don't play video games and watching them experience it because the controls are pretty simple. And I it's just a very be- like visually beautiful thing that I think pretty much anyone could kind of bang their head against and get through. Um, and so watching other people play the game, I definitely would notice little things, little like cues and implications in the story. Um, but in terms of like concrete stuff, you'll discover uh, the, the what they do is just like in Limbo, there are a few objects really, really buried, like hidden away in some of the environments that, um, that, uh, kind of have their own, unlike in limbo, they kind of have their own puzzles around them sometimes. And they're, they're kind of really well hidden. 
Um, and like watching my roommate play, he discovered one that I had no idea was there that actually had an entire puzzle that involved like holding a torch and, and fending off some creatures with it uh, that I did not see in like all the time I had spent with the game. So uh, I, I don't really know whether getting every single one of those collectibles unlocks anything further in the narrative or in the story. I would love to know. But mm-hmm. they were just like, they are so well. Bar- I think I found two of them on my first playthrough and then a third on my next. But they're they're really uh, sort of tucked away in there. So there there are collectibles you can get. But like in terms of playing through the game from start to finish, um, unless you get absolutely everything, I, I guess I can't speak to that. But it's the same story every time. It's just uh, I found it. It's weird. I, I don't I'm not the type of person who will just hop right into a game and replay it like ever. But this game is so first of all short like it's not the longest game in the world but it's just so tight and dense and uh i just i i felt like hopping back in because i wanted to see everything it had to offer again like it's um i have a question from Abron wood uh who asks and i think i know what they're getting at say was this was there a this is a good game moment i didn't like limbo until i had my oh man moment the spider I, I would make the case that, that uh, Limbo actually it gets really interesting a lot quicker, which is kind of why I want to hit on the, the opening two Ooh. minutes thing. How, how, what do you yeah. what's sort of your stance on that? That's a great that's a great question. First of all, like, was there a one singular moment where I realized it was great? Um, I, I think I'm with you, Justin, uh, that like I think the opening 30 minutes of Limbo is the best part of Limbo by a landslide. Like the, the opening bit in Limbo is so a visually striking B like teaches its mechanics really well, completely non-verbally. Like the spider moment in Limbo is something that really stands out in my memory. But my memories of like the last 90 minutes of Limbo are a lot of these like big convoluted multi-room puzzles involving gravity and crates. And I just remember feeling a little weary of it by the end. Like I, I just wasn't, it wasn't as magical as the first 30 minutes. Um, And I, I think uh, Inside kind of inverts that where the first 30 minutes of, of Inside is really actually, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really like vibey and and visually interesting and, and intriguing but the last 30 minutes of in, like i think inside better keeps its promises than limbo does i think that it does a better job of keeping you interested and intrigued all the way through than limbo does um mm-hmm. but yeah i'm trying to think if there was like a specific moment in inside where i was like this is a good game i think there are, are a few scenes that I'm that I reacted to by saying like okay this is this is at least masterful like this is at least these people making exactly what they wanted to make and just pouring over every square inch of it for years trying to perfect it like that that's something that I tried to kind of speak to in the review is I I um I tried not to use the word polished I was kind of discouraged from using that cuz I think that gets overused a little bit um but what I was really trying to say when I when I think that the game is polished is that it's uh it's just so you get the sense that some very obsessive people stared at it for a very long time and nitpicked every little thing about it and play tested every little thing about it until it was just end to end perfect. And I think I got that sense from the beginning of Limbo, but maybe not the whole game. And in this one, I, I get it from the whole game. And there are certain moments where I'm like, yeah, this is this is clearly something special. But I, I hesitate to get any more specific than that. Last question, uh, as a as a fan of both games, are you content to see uh, Play Dead just keep making these sort of like deliberate, bespoke, uh, uh, side-scrolling puzzle games? Or would you like to see them like try their hand at other stuff? That's a really great question. I like- Thanks, Nick. I'm a professional. You- oh, yeah, that was a Justin question. That came from you? <laughs> 
You are a pro. That's my pipe. Uh, That's my my, my <laughs> fake sucking pipe. on that big corn cob pipe. Go on. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely had a moment at the beginning of Inside where I was like a little disappointed that they had made like Limbo Two, right? Like at the beginning of the game. I don't. Did, did you feel this way, Justin? Where like when you first played it, you were like, "This hues a little close to what they did six years ago." No, I really because I don't have a lot of. Uh, like Limbo didn't make a huge impression uh, on me because mm. I played it in a really my my wife was studying tropical medicine. She was taking the military's tropical medicine course at Walter Reed, mm-hmm. and I was living in Chevy Chase for a month, and I was in some dude's basement with like a tiny tiny TV. Play when I played Limbo, and it had like zero impact on me whatsoever. That sounds like, so like kind of the perfect atmosphere to play Limbo, though. I, I mean, yeah, except about. for like the AV sort of like elements, like uh, that. Other than that, like. Uh, uh, it just it didn't make a huge impact on me. Yeah, so yeah. This, for some reason, this I, I connected with this much stronger. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but I I guess I would like to. I mean, if it's going to be another, it, it's tough because on the one hand, the idea of them making three side scrolling puzzle platforms in a row breaks my heart, especially if it's over the course of eighteen years. But yeah, right. Um, on the other hand, like I, I don't know if there's a big a leap between what limbo was and what inside is as there is between this and their next game then i i would be more than happy to wait like i at, at this point i i feel very differently about play dead coming out of inside than i did going into it which is i i now have a lot of trust in them and i i think i would probably put them among my favorite game developers after this just because they made something that is so confident and such a singular vision and like so recommendable too i think like i think this is definitely a game that we're going to be talking about like at the end of the year during game of the year conversations and uh i kind of just i kind of just my answer to that question i think is i just kind of want to put my faith in them and be like all right what what do you guys want to make next what do you want to spend the next six years of your life polishing because so far so good like you guys are batting a thousand in my by my measure uh nick thank you so much for joining me and uh thanks again to casper remember you can go to casper.com slash control and uh, use the offer code control to save $50 off of any of those matches. Try them. You will not regret it. We have a lot more content for you at polygon.com as well as youtube.com slash polygon, facebook.com slash polygon, just uh, anything polygon. And uh, we're going we're gonna to take care of you, including Nick's reviews right there on the front page of polygon.com. So you should go read and enjoy that. Also, if you get a second, subscribe to the show on iTunes. It's just search for quality control there. Subscribe or uh, uh, leave us a review. That would be a, a huge help. We would very much appreciate it. Uh, but all that that uh, shameless self-promotion aside until the next time we have a game to talk about for Nick Robinson my name is Justin McElroy and thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control